Welcome to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Debbie and Greg Peters. Welcome to the Third Generation Networking Podcast. I'm Greg Peters, the Reluctant Networker, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Debbie Peters, the Networking Guru, and also my mom. Hi, Mom. Hi, Greg. How are you doing today? I am doing really, really well. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a it's a gorgeous, sunshiny day. We've had some cold weather, but now it's really getting warm. Well, good, good. Um, and, and now that uh, when people are actually listening to this, it'll actually be sometime in June. So hopefully it'll be nice and warm. <laughs> hopefully, although, you know, here in the Midwest, you never, you you never, never know, know, right? Right. So uh, we are back once again this week with another of our all-star networking spotlights. These are the sessions where we open our networking Rolodex to you so you can have access to the ideas, resources, and people who can make your life more successful and significant. Today, our guest is a financial advisor with Edward Jones and a newly minted owner of a metallic blue Vespa. Welcome, Lori Cannon. Hi, Lori. Hi, Hi, Greg. Hi, Debbie. It's so fun to be on your podcast today. Oh, it's, it's it's a pleasure to have you here. Now we have to know what was the impetus behind getting the Vespa? It's a goal I had set for myself with one of my mentors, actually, back when I first started with Edward Jones, and I actually hit that goal back in 2010, and I don't think I had the courage to finally buy one, Um, and it's interesting because he has since retired from our firm, but his son is with us, so I sent his son a picture and said, let your dad know I finally did it. What were you afraid of, Lori? Uh, well, um, well, I will admit that, um, I don't know, two wheels and, you know, the armor of not having the armor of a vehicle around you kind of, I, you know me, I'm cautious and to an extent, but also I will say that my spouse had a little um, concern about me getting one, so... <laughs> <laughs> she finally got over that and we're moving forward <laughs> good good uh it's, i mean it's, it's a very sport she uh Lori did show us a picture of this beautiful vespa uh and it is a, it's a, a beautiful metallic blue i mean it is a gorgeous vehicle thank you is Anne decided whether she's going to ride on the back or not she has we got her helmet and actually <laughs> i took the safety classes this weekend with my niece jamie because she got a vespa this past summer and um, Anne's now wishing she had taken the classes, so I think <laughs> she'll be going through the classwork too, which will be good. It'll make her a better writer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you won't be a backseat driver so much. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Well, excellent. Uh, you know, obviously, this gives us a whole window into your personality. But how about uh, for those of our listeners who don't know you personally, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about who you are and uh, what what you do? Um, so I'm uh, I've been a financial advisor with Edward Jones for the past eighteen years. I work. I believe that I. So my degree is in education. And I work really hard to educate people about being a good steward of their money and how to reach their goals, whether it's retirement, taking kids or grandkids into education accounts, whatever it is, and 
and educating them so they can also educate others um, to be good stewards of their money. Um, so that's what I feel like I do every day. You know, I educate people and I okay. help them reach their goals. And it's really kind of fun to watch people call you up and say, so I'm, I'm going to put my, my notice in at work. I'm going to retire. Can I do this? And then they get all nervous and, and I get to walk them over that threshold and it's so rewarding. That is, that's wonderful. I love the whole idea that you are an educator. Yeah. And, and Laurie is the uh, advisor for the stock club that I belong to. All women we're crazy. Sometimes Lori has to, you know, go like, no, 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 and close her eyes and just shake her head because of what we're doing. She educates us and then she lets us make the decision. And I bet you do that with all your clients too. Mm -hmm. You really want to buy that? <laughs> I always tell people at the end of the day, it's your money. You hired me to advise you. And, and I feel that a lot of that is helping them understand the pros and cons of what they decide to do or not do with the information they've been given. So now who do you particularly enjoy working with? I mean, do you, do you like working with young couples? Are you prefer to work with people who are approaching retirement? What's, what sort of, I, I know that you can help a lot of people, but who is really the people that, that, that sing to your heart? Um, that's a tough one because I, you know, in, in one way I'll say the people who really want to learn, you know, yet, I, if I were to look at my practice, I would say most, the largest part of my practice is the ages of 45 to 55. So mm -hmm. they're kind of at that point where I should really kind of be thinking about my future now suddenly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, because people don't think younger that they should even, that they could afford an advisor. Mm -hmm. uh, which is a lot of, so I try to demyth some of that thought out there. And I end up also with a lot of families where I might have mom and dad and suddenly their kids are now becoming a part of my practice. Mm -hmm. And, and because it's like, well, will you help my kids understand what they should be doing? And so it's just helping to make that family effort. So I, I really, I love the fact that I have so many families that are part of my practice. Well, you're, you're getting, you're getting the next generation coming in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Lori, don't you really do well with older folks also? It seems like when I come to your open houses and, and, you know, you always have fun events that there's a lot of white hair there <laughs> and maybe they're just coming at the same time I am. Cause of course I have white hair now, but um, I didn't you have a, or maybe you still do a coffee clutch with people with seniors. And is it all women? I don't think it is. Is it? No, it's a array of retirees that yeah. I have uh, like and the some last of them were, Friday of every month. And some of them were in their nineties, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nineties, a hundred. Um, yeah. So I do connect really well with the older, you know, more mature population. Um and I think that's just, I don't know, because I, and this is one of my tips is to be authentic. I really work at being my authentic self when I'm with people I talk to and work with. Mm -hmm. 
as people see through when you're not. And most people really, I just had a client in yesterday, um, a couple that I didn't have all of their money with me. And he retired last year and rolled his money over with the firm that had his 401k. And um, when they came in yesterday, they said, they brought in those statements, the rollover IRA statements and said, can you, can you look at this? Can you, can you take care of this? And I said, sure. You know, what's going on? Why didn't you, don't you want to stay where you're at? And so, well, he just put all these papers in front of us and made us sign it and never told us anything about what we were doing. And it just felt really slick. Like, yeah. So I explain, you know, I explain the whole process. I make sure they understand. And so people feel like, I mean, they still don't understand totally because it's what I do is kind of Greek or foreign to people yet they at least at that moment feel like they understand what we're talking about. And I always tell people, you know, next time we get together, we'll probably talk about these same things again, because I do this every day Mm. and you don't. So I want to make sure you understand what's going on. Cause again, at the end of the day, it's your money. Right. I'm caring for it. Well, and I think this is a, true for a lot of people in, in more technical fields is that there is a level of knowledge that we carry. Uh, I, I remember back when I was a, a, a computer programmer, um, you know, you, you, you know the jargon, you know the methodology, you know all this stuff, that how it works, and then to try to explain it to someone who doesn't know, but wants to understand um, that's a that's a particular skill set that you know being able to convey that more technical information. So it's it's very. I mean, I mean, I think that's a, a great attribute that you bring to the table is you're be, you're able to help people understand these fairly complex matters in a way that makes them feel comfortable. Um, because honestly, I, I understand that feeling of you know here sign this paper here sign this paper. What am I signing? I don't even know. <laughs> right. Right. So, okay, you started out with a degree in education. How did you move into this business? I'm just curious of what that path that got you there. Yeah. So I ended up in sales um, coming out of college. I, well, I was in retail for a while, um, a retail manager for a company called Things Remembered. And then I ended up um, in outside sales. I sold copy machines. I sold industrial chemicals. And then I sold, as Debbie likes to say, tombstones. That's when Debbie and I met. I worked for the family-owned business out in Waterville called Mommy Valley Memorials. I, and, it, and I think what was cool there is I, I was helping people with a difficult situation in their life. And uh, it was also very rewarding. And I became a client at Edward Jones because I was having success. So I needed an advisor to help me understand what to do. And I changed jobs. So I had rollover 401ks. And my advisor, Debbie Robinson, with Edward Jones, kept talking to me about becoming an advisor with Edward Jones. And I was like, I don't know anything about what you do. Why, you know. But I always had this 
Mary Tyler Moore kind of, I want to be a professional someday in my life, you know? And so um, when Debbie kept talking to me and I finally said, okay, let's, cause she was like, you know how to talk to people about sensitive conversations and money is sensitive. Oh yeah. And I didn't understand that for a long time until I really started doing this. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I can talk to people. I can get them to talk about those sensitive conversations um, and ask the questions in a way that they open up to me. So it's, it's kind of like, I'm almost like, gosh, I wish I would have found this sooner, but I also believe that you're right where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, mom and I have commented several times on the podcast about your, your whole networking style is you're, you're, you listen and you ask questions. You're interested in those other people that are around you. And we largely believe that's probably why you're as successful as you are. <laughs> yeah. So, so Lori, can I tell a funny story? Yes. I think <laughs> so. Lori helped my husband Steve and I when Steve's dad died, who we all loved, and Lori knew because we were in exchange club together. When Dick died, we decided to get his memorial done at Mommy Valley Memorials, and Lori helped us. So we were supposed to meet Lori on Saturday morning at memorial uh, at the place. I think at nine o'clock, either nine o'clock or ten o'clock. It doesn't matter. And we get there and Lori's not there, which is like, you know, I'm now, and, and Steve doesn't know her that well at this point. And so he's, his motto is, if you're not there 10 minutes early, you're late. So I'm, you know, getting all anxiety because where's my friend Lori? So Lori finally arrives about two minutes later. And the reason that she was late is because Lori has a lead foot. <laughs> And on her way, she had had a little conversation with the police. <laughs> and, from, and for all of you who don't know my husband, 90 is just, you know, the new 60 as far as he's concerned. And so Lori became his best friend from that point forward. <laughs> okay, now I understand why you're concerned about not having the armor around you on the vessel. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. I have a lead foot. So okay, uh, so the, the the truth comes out now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm sure the statute of limitations is expired, so you should be fine. <laughs> so, um, so you, uh, we obviously consider you are a, a tremendous networker, and and like to be. I'm curious, when in your uh, life can you tell us a story about when you realized that networking was going to be important to your success? It was probably when I was in. Um, that in the memorial stone industry because i i began to learn that i needed to make connections with um funeral directors and the groundskeepers at the cemeteries to say good things about me or you know point out the work that i helped people with because i literally was making cold calls from the obituary pages I would call up and say, you know, hi, Sally, I'm sorry to hear about your husband, John. Have you thought about a memorial stone yet at whatever cemetery? Now, most times people were friendly, not always, but that was a truly, I always jokingly say that was truly a cold call. Yeah, yeah, Uh, that would be, 
I mean, cold calls are, are, are an uncomfortable situation anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but throw in the death of a loved one and that's got to be not a, not a happy place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But interesting that you were you were actually reaching out to the groundskeepers at these yeah. cemeteries. At the cemeteries. Yep. And I'd go out to them and meet whoever was in charge of um, taking care of things and making sure that they knew who I was, because they also had to help me um, make sure that I had the names on the right side of the stones and the stone facing the right direction. So that I do things that the rest of us don't even think about. Right. Yeah. Cause uh, you, you engrave a stone incorrectly and that can be expensive. There's no magic eraser to fix that. Huh? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, what networking groups do you actually belong to now? Um, I belong to BNI, and that's where I met Debbie. Uh, I belong to the Women's Entrepreneurial Network. I belong to Savannah Chamber, Savannah Rotary, and I am a graduate of CN. When, when you are looking for a group like this, what, what are you really looking for? I mean, what, why did you choose these, these particular groups, I should say? What, what, uh, what drew you to them? Well, BNI, it was interesting because uh, Kevin Carmody invited me to the BNI group and I couldn't understand why that would be helpful for me selling memorial stones at the time. Yet um, I realized that it's not always about what others can do for me, for me, but how I can connect other people I know to other people. Mm. Yeah. So like even right now, I mean, I stay in BNI because of how I can connect my clients or my friends to different people because I've gotten to know and like and trust the other members so much that that just is a natural thing. Okay. How how what year did you join BNI, which is Business Network International for those that don't know? What year did you join? Because I we met in '94, and I was just ahead of you because I started at the memorial um, in '93. Okay, so I hadn't been a member that much longer than you. You are a, a tremendous networker. We recognize that. What do you have any tips? Uh, you you mentioned one earlier about being authentic, uh, mm-hmm. being. Uh, do you have any other tips that people can be more successful in their networking practice? A tip I believe is, you know, to, to be a good listener. I mean, we've talked about that a little bit today. Um, and I will share that I, you know, I hired Debbie as a sales coach back in the nineties. And one of the things that I remember her telling me is not to throw up on people. <laughs> <laughs> They don't really care what I know. Um, they want they want me to listen to what they need. So that taught me to be a good listener to okay. stop because I think it's part of our self confidence that we have this need to tell people what we know, and really we need to find other ways to build our self confidence by than than that because people really just want to share with you what they need or what they know 
so that then you can help them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my regional leaders from Edward Jones, Gary Kuhn, taught me to um, do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> How's, how does that work? <laughs> right? So if you say you're going to do something, you're going to connect somebody, you're going to call somebody, you're going to show up somewhere, even if you're late because of a particular reason, <laughs> do it, be there, whatever it is. Just in case you're having a conversation with a local constabulary, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the, the, the tips that uh, Lori had were, first of all, be authentic, be who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you are listening. Um, it's more important that you listen to them and you tell them everything that you know. And finally, do what you say. And honestly, that's a big one. I think a lot of people will, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to put you in contact with so-and-so. And then and that, that's such a, uh, I mean, you know, when someone says that to me, I get all excited. Oh, they're going to put me in contact. And then if they disappear, it's, and I've had people actually ask me, well, what do I do when someone says that they were going to do this and then they didn't? Um, <laughs> and I, I don't have a good answer for that all the time is, you know, well, you can just kind of touch base and say, hey, I, I didn't hear from so-and-so. Did uh, I miss the email? Did I miss right. the email? Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes we do have to hold each other accountable, don't you mm-hmm. think? Yeah, you're good at it, Laurie. <laughs> you do it in such a nice way, though. <laughs> <laughs> when If you're having a conversation with Laurie and she says, let me ask you... <laughs> You know what's coming next is going to be probing in a very gentle but sharp way. What do you like to do when you're not there uh, at, at at Edward Jones? I, I know you mentioned that you're going to be uh, running. Right. I, I, I do enjoy running. Um, I know I don't I don't look like a runner, but I, I do enjoy running. It's It's my release i i did listen to your podcast about introverts and extroverts and i am an introvert i draw from my time by myself and really that's my only alone time is when i'm just running so i usually run in the mornings before everyone else is up and um and then on the weekend so but more importantly, we, um, my spouse and I have a camper that we take around to a lot of the Ohio State Parks so that we can take our dogs out and go um, hiking. Oh, so nice. we, we love to, to camp and hike with our friends and our fur babies. And I'm an avid reader. I usually have a couple books on my bedstand. <laughs> what's the old joke why why would i not start another book in the middle of this one <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so but i i have a question for laurie oh good <laughs> so so as an introvert what how have you found that either limited you or um helped you as a networker i guess i would say maybe it's limited me because i'm i it, I, it takes a lot of energy for me to go to an event. It's really easier to say, well, maybe I'll show up. And that's where I really have to draw on that 
do what you say you're going to do. Because if I say I'm going to go to an event, just moments before the event, I start thinking about how I could get out of it. And <laughs> then I remember, okay, I told them I was going to show up. So I got to be there. Um, so if I do make it, so if I, if I don't really make a commitment, then I can easily say I didn't say I was going to be there so I can not show up. But, um, so that's been, a, that's my challenge with it, um, to be a good networker. And yet I think because I've learned, because I am a listener, I, you know, you've always said too that, um, and I forget how it goes, but something about when you are listening and learning about other people, they think you're, they think you're interesting. And I, that's always shocked me because then I do that kind of naturally. And then people will say, well, so-and-so said you were really interesting. And I'm like, really? Cause I hardly said a word. <laughs> yeah. But, it's true. I, I just, it always blows my mind when I, that happens. Yeah. And for, for those of you who don't understand this, because we do have three introverts on this call right now, as, according to Myers-Briggs. And we are, excuse me, we are a smaller percentage, a very small percentage compared to the extroverts of the world. It doesn't, it just means that where we get our energy, as Lori already said, it's an inner energy as opposed to getting energy from the external world. I have the same feeling, Lori, that, you know, if I go to that event, it's just going to take all my energy away. Whereas the extroverts go, they take all our energy away because they're just being crazy because that's how they get their energy. So for those of you who don't understand this, it's important for you to know that you <laughs> extroverts out there. Uh, well, Yes. And, and, and that I, I felt the same way at times, you know, it's like, you know, I could just sit here in my office and I'd be so much safer and happier. <laughs> right. Of course, now with COVID, you know, the, 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 the uh, conference or the convention comes to my office. So it's, it's harder to escape. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, that kind of, I've enjoyed this time of COVID. It's like, oh, this is great. Huh? I can be in COVID the rest of my life. <laughs> there are some aspects of it that we've we've really learned to appreciate. And yeah. you know, I, I saw a meme on the uh, on the internet back when this all started, and it, it it was it was a cartoon, and it said, "Attention introverts, please put down your book and call your extrovert friends. They need you now." <laughs> Yeah, for, for a lot of us, this was, in fact, mom was saying, you know, we were so resistant to putting our classes online and, and doing virtual classes. Uh, and then when this all came down, we had to convert. And mom put in the yeoman's effort to convert all of our classes to being virtual. And we started presenting virtual. And she's like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> Life is so much it. simpler now. <laughs> As long as I'm around, of course, to run all the technology, a part of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lori, what are your big plans for the future? What are what are your what are your dreams? What are your goals? What's your next Vespa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you've hit your Vespa. So, what's the next? <laughs> right. Um, well, our probably next thing will be some on a personal side will be some kind of uh, drivable camper that we can pull something that will carry the Vespa for us. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
Um, but I know, and also on a personal level, Anne and I really want to see all the seven original wonders of the world. That's oh. cool. We've seen one. What was that? Machu Picchu. Oh, yes. And um, professionally, I want to, and I will become a million dollar producer. Um, wow. So I think it's probably within the, within the next three years. Well, we'll definitely have you have you back on so we can congratulate you appropriately at that point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, how can people reach you if they want to find out more or uh, maybe talk to you, maybe be educated by you and how they can better manage their finances? Well, you can always uh, email me at laurie.cannon at edwardjones.com. And you can call my office, 419-842-0369. And Excellent. I have a web page with Edward Jones, and I don't know that web address. I okay, well, we'll find that out and make sure it goes in the episode notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Tech. Yep, that's what I'm here for. Um, so one last question. Okay. What is one piece of advice that you've received that you would be, you would like to pass on or share with our listeners? Hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, the things that we talked about, I mean, really just showing up and doing what you say you're going to do is, and I, I guess one last thing I'll say is I have learned that multitasking is not really the way to be. So I've learned to be present in the moment. Um, so I actually, I live a better life because I've really, it's taken a while for me to learn, but I, I learned to be present, whether I'm on a Zoom meeting in front of my clients or on the phone with them, I, I don't try to try and do a couple other things while I'm doing. You mean you're not on the chat box right now? No. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was going to go there, but yes, I'm, that's why I don't like the chat box. <laughs> it's too much distraction, right? Focus, yes. focus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, Lori, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us today. I think we, uh, we've really got some, uh, what, mom? Yes, go ahead. He has a question. Well, Lori, what about Alzheimer's Association? Oh, yes, yes. You were going to tell us a little bit about uh, the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you, mom. I forgot. I, that's my, I would say, cause that I really, every year, I, I try to make sure I'm at the walk and raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. That's uh, my mom spent nine years in a nursing home with um, the disease. And I can't tell you how many clients I've watched suffer from Alzheimer's. And I'm really proud of the fact that Edward Jones now has made um, Alzheimer's our number one cause. So we actually, as a firm support every walk across the United States for Alzheimer's, which is kind Excellent. of cool. And, and when, when is the next one that's uh, local? In Ohio, it will yeah. be October. I want to say it's that first weekend in October. The, uh, the ninth, the weekend. Okay. Of we'll, we'll definitely get that in the, in the show notes as well. 
Did I get them all thank now, you. Mom? All right, thank you. <laughs> mom, mom likes to now. This is this is a, a significant change from our usual process. She put, actually put me back on track this time. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Lori, thank you so much for coming in and, and sharing with us kind of your viewpoint on life and how to educate and listen to others. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to see you both. Thanks Good a to lot, see you Lori. Too. Thanks for letting me tell your story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Networkers, thank you for tuning into our program today. If you enjoyed it, please do comment uh, down below. Of course, this will be posted on our Facebook pages, and that information will be in the show notes. Uh, you know, if you found some value to it, please do share with a friend. And if you'd like to hear more, we come back every single week. So please do subscribe. Until next time, go out and make some great connections. Take care, Mom. Take care, Lori. Bye, Lori. Bye, Greg. Bye, Greg. Bye, Debbie. You've been listening to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Greg and Debbie Peters. If you'd like to learn more about our new virtual training programs, go to connectnation.com.